Hi, I'm Debbie Harbeck, and I'm a certified life coach working with women in midlife and through the menopause transition. So each week, I'll be sharing the latest information, inspiration, and generate some momentum so you can move forward and feel more in control of your changing midlife body and your life. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, and I'm really glad you're here because today we're getting real about self-care and I know it's a term we hear a lot lately maybe we're getting tired of it a little bit self-care what is it anyways and I think for a lot of us it just sort of brings to mind images of more massages and more spa days and treating ourselves to lots of special things and in that way when we think of self-care that way it sounds very fluffy very soft and very self-indulgent and I don't think it's it's bad necessarily, but I do think that that is only a very small sliver of what self-care is because the point of self-care isn't to make you softer. It's to reinforce you. It's to strengthen you. It's to energize you so that you can face all the tough stuff that life will continue to throw at you. So self-care, if it's effective, It requires some discipline. It requires some toughness, but not in a way where you're beating yourself up and tearing down your self-worth, but it's about caring for yourself, just like you would care for anybody else. And when you do care for someone else, like your children, like your partner, like your parents, maybe at this stage of life, it's not about being gentle and easy and relaxed all the time. When you care for these people in your life that are important to you, You're doing things like having them eat their vegetables and taking them to the doctor or the dentist, um, taking them outside for some fresh air and ensuring they're getting exercise and also being able to help them calm down when they're overwhelmed. For some reason, this caring for others feels necessary. We feel like we should be taking care of others and I do think we should, but caring for ourselves for some reason seems optional. And it's not optional because no one can do it but you. It's a necessity. Self-care is a necessity. But maybe if we start defining what self-care really means and seeing that it's not about indulging ourselves in the luxuries of life, we may be more willing to embrace it. When we can define it as meeting our physical and emotional needs so that we're healthy and well, then maybe we can take it more seriously. Because if we as women don't take care of ourselves, families don't take care of themselves. It's a fact that even though as women we work full-time careers, we own homes, we have a growing number of seats at the table, we're still for the most part the main caretakers of others in our families. And this wasn't supposed to be the deal. I don't. I know we didn't want to gain all that ground for women at the expense of our health and well-being, but it is taking a toll. And you may not feel that toll until you hit midlife and your body and mind begin to crack. But I think if we can let go of a single word, we could really turn this around for ourselves. There's one word that holds so many of us back from taking care of ourselves, even at the most basic level. And that word is selfish. I really don't believe there's a greater insult you can give a woman than to call her selfish. Calling us selfish can knock us down and cause 
tons of negative emotion to rise up inside us. So just a warning to those around us who ever dare call us selfish, uh, we will lash out. And yet selfish is just a word, but because we're so afraid of it, we do everything we can to show everyone how unselfish we actually are. We try to be in five places at once and say yes to all the things at the expense of our physical and mental health, at the expense of our fulfillment and our talents and our abilities. And I think we've got to let go of this word or this fear of this word, selfish, and let go of the guilt of putting our health and well-being at the top of the list. We feel guilty because we think we're just going to the gym for ourselves. But taking care of us isn't just about us. (laughs) But in actual fact, when you're fit, You have more energy to give your families and your work and your community. You also tend to be sick less often. So again, you you gain time, you gain energy. And when you're feeling good, you also tend to make better choices, better food choices, not only for yourself, but for your whole household. And that leads to healthier families and healthier communities. And the thing is that we know this. In third world countries, there's a movement to invest in women. There's a reason. That's because it's a well-known fact that women are a key to healthier, more educated, and more prosperous societies. When women have money and education and health, everyone benefits. And we have to remember this. We have a responsibility to take care of ourselves, not in spite of others, but because of others who count on us. The time we take to do this is never at their expense, but it benefits them. So it's necessary. And it's deeper than just the soft and fluffy stuff. So I want to give you some strategies today for making self-care happen for you. And the first one is to embrace it as non-negotiable. So start by defining your own needs and making them not only a priority, but non-negotiable. That means setting aside dedicated time for activities that bring you not only health and fitness, but joy and fulfillment. And by the way, if you don't know what brings you joy, please stop even just listening to this and take a few moments to make a list of things that are joyful to you because that is part of taking care of yourself is to do these things. And remember, if you're taking care of everyone you are connected with benefits. Now, the second strategy is fake it till you make it. So yes, you may be feeling guilty when you start out making your self-care non-negotiable. It may be tough to recognize that it's important and that you, in fact, are worth it. I get it because I've been a working mom, especially when my kids were younger. It felt like there was no time to take care of me, but I know that was just in my head. And learning to show up to take care of yourself It's a practice. Practice means doing it even when you don't feel like it. And it means faking it till you make it. So fake being that woman who's fit and strong and has her shit together and keep doing it until you become that person. And there's a great TED talk on this topic of faking it till you make it. It's by social psychologist Amy Cuddy, and she created a whole TED talk about faking self-confidence by standing in a powerful pose. So she says that when you stand in this Wonder Woman pose, you know that pose when your hands are on your hips and your legs are, you know, wide, you can 
actually generate a feeling of self-confidence just by putting your physical body into that pose. So faking self-confidence just by going through the action of standing this way actually makes you feel more confident. And in the same way, doing the things you need to do to take care of yourself, even if you don't feel worthy or lovable inside, will actually begin to make you feel more worthy over time. So start faking it if you have to, but put yourself in action and do the things that a woman who is in control of her life would do. And I'll include a link to this TED Talk in the show notes for you. So the next thing, the third thing I would do as a strategy would be to cultivate a supportive network. So this can be absolutely vital. I think it is absolutely vital. I find there's a lot of support for women who aren't taking care of themselves. I find there's a lot of women getting together for wine and food. But I'd like to see more networks where women are sharing experiences and being active together and lifting each other up when they see they're not taking care of their health or well-being. Our networks should be building us up and connecting us to mentors and role models who have successfully managed self-care through midlife. Because sharing wisdom is empowering. We need to be together to do that. And having women supporting women in self-care, I think that would be life-changing. Another strategy, a fourth strategy, is to set your boundaries. And I know this is a tough one for a lot of us, but even though you've joined a gym or you've signed up for a class or you've found some great recipes, your intentions may be derailed very easily. That's because you may feel the pressure to be everything to everyone. You may feel like you need to be there for all the things, but you don't. And in fact, when you are, when you're always there, when you always show up, you create expectations from those around you and they stop pitching in, which of course sends us in a downward spiral of no one wants to help me. No one's thinking of me. And the only way to pull yourself out of that is to take responsibility. You've got to be responsible for the boundaries you're not setting. So learning to say no and not making it mean you're a horrible person is a valuable skill to learn. And learning to ask directly for what you want is another fantastic skill. Both these skills will help you put boundaries up that will protect your time and your energy so you can be available for what's really important to you and who is really important to you. And another one And the fifth one would be to invest in your personal growth. So part of taking care of yourself is ensuring you're always growing as a person. And you grow as a person when you're exploring new interests, when you're getting new skills, when you embark on a brand new career path, if it aligns with who you're becoming. We'll always be a work in progress. We will always be as human beings. We are works in progress, but we need to be progressing. So when you invest money or time or any other resources into building yourself up, you're also inspiring others to do the same. So when you invest in yourself, you're actually telling other people it's okay to do that. Like it or not, you're an example. So what do you want them to see? What do you hope they take away from your life? So I think that's a really key point. It's never just about you. So I guess the last strategy is to stop thinking of ourselves as selfish. I didn't put that in as a strategy. I talked about it at the beginning. But when you embrace your own self-care, you're showing the younger women around you how to do the same too, right? If we continue 
to sacrifice ourselves for others, you can be sure our daughters will sacrifice themselves for others all the time to their own detriment. I'm not saying it's not a good thing to be giving and being generous and be helping out, but not at the expense of you and your health and who you are. I think we need to start doing it now, flip the script and change the narrative and stop equating self-care to selfishness and instead teach ourselves and others that when we're healthy, when our needs are met, and when we take responsibility for ourselves, we're not being selfish. We're taking care of ourselves and every human being needs to do the same. I think we'd be a healthier, more connected, more generous world if we could all start taking care of ourselves in this way. So I know this is a bit maybe rantish today, but I see this a lot. I know it's even tough for myself to get on this self-care bandwagon uh, sometimes, but I think it's so important because it's, it's a broader issue than the way it's portrayed out there. It's not a fluffy issue. It, it's a very essential issue. So I just want to thank you for being here for listening to this podcast today. I really hope you're taking something valuable away and maybe you're ready to take an action towards more self-care in your own life and to see it a little bit differently. So if you've really enjoyed this episode, please rate it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I look forward to bringing you a fresh new episode with a guest next week. So have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Midlife Momentum Podcast. If you want to learn more about working with me, come visit me at debbieharbeckcoaching.com. That's Debbie, I-E, Harbeck with a C, coaching.com. See you next week.